Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. Financial advice is a career often associated with middle-aged white men, and while this has changed a bit, the average age of a financial advisor remains today still in the late 50s. Many of the larger financial advice businesses are now setting up academies to encourage school and university leavers to join the profession, but there is obviously more to do in order to promote financial advice as a profession. So what can individual advisors and firms do, and how can the profession ensure that it becomes more diverse? I'm Damien Fantato, Deputy Editor of FT Advisor. With me to discuss this are Sheena Gillett, uh, Communications and PR Director at Advisor Trade Body PIMFA, G. Footit, Senior Manager in Partnership Recruitment at St. James's Place, and James Woods, Director of BWD's Wealth Management Team. Hello, everyone. Hi. So, uh, I'd like to start by just looking a little bit about the extent to which uh, the demographic of financial advice is changing. I alluded to the fact that it has changed a little bit. There's lots of stories. Uh, we did one recently about uh, you know the the young the youngest chartered financial planner who's now 21 years old. But uh, uh, to what extent uh, is the demographic of, of financial advice changing? Um, Sheena, let's start with you. Um, I think it's an interesting one because I mean just. Anecdotally speaking for myself, I've been in the industry for about 17 years and it's I see that I see the changes all around me and I definitely see the um, the attitudes and the awareness of trying to ensure that there's a greater level of uh, diversity and inclusion within the industry. But I think there's still a lot to be done and actually it's still quite slow paced um, in certain areas. And I think there's uh, there's definitely a willingness there to try and change um, to change the space. But I think one of the fundamental problems we've got is actually the lack of reliable data um, that's publicly available to allow us to do for firms to do any benchmarking. Um, so it's quite hard to know how much we need to change if we don't know where necessarily where we're starting from. And I think that that's something that's definitely a concern for us at PIMFA and something that we've raised with the regulator, especially as they're kind of looking into trying to gather more data in this area and obviously eventually make this area a bit more of a regulatory imperative. So um, I think before we do anything, we need to start there. Um, and I think that actually uh, more closer collaboration um, through the trade association. I know I would say that is actually going to be really important as we kind of go along there. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you agree? What do you think? I mean, I suppose you, you're in one of the the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, financial advice provider in the country. Do you? How do you? How, how what changes have you seen? We have seen changes. We've had our academy for over ten years now, so we may be ahead of some other businesses in terms of recruiting fresh new talent within the profession before we had our academy we would grow by recruiting people from within the profession and there's little opportunity to change diversity when you do that because the profession isn't very diverse as we already know I think it's just 16 17 percent female and uh, as Sheila said we don't actually have any statistics on anything else to measure at the moment so as an academy we started to uh, to ask for diversity data from our new um, new academy recruits uh, from last year but that doesn't give us much historic data to work with but going forwards we will be able to monitor and and change that but just to give you a bit of concept being the largest you know, academy that we have in the UK at the moment 
having had 10 years of graduates through the program, over a thousand people have joined the partnership through our academy. We've averaged 26% female graduates. That's only positively influenced the whole partnership of over four and a half thousand financial advisors to 19% women versus the industry 16, 17%. So just given that as an example, we know that this is going to take time. But the more we do in terms of getting the message out there to audiences that might be interested in this as a profession, the better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. James, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I totally echo um, what Jeez just said, actually. I think half the issue with the industry, because um, obviously we have had a massive drive um, that we've seen, certainly within our larger corporates over the last two to three years, um, is the fight essentially for female talent that exists within the industry. And that's actually not increasing the female talent and the ratios within the industry. So I think that can only be done by um, academies such as SJP or elsewhere. Um, and there's, there's certainly more that some larger firms can do on that side. Um, but also I think, um, you know, there is, there is an increase. I think, you know, it's generally sort of leveled out around sort of 15 to 85% in terms of the female to, to male ratio in the industry. Um, according to our latest salary census, um, that was running, that went from 15 to 18% this year. So there's a slight increase. Um, and we're generally seeing much more appetite from clients to hire female talent. Um, so for instance, my, I think my placements in 2020, I look back were um, running at sort of 14% female, 29% last year and running at 38% this year. I don't think that's necessarily down to the being more female talent within the industry, but much more of a focus within firms to hire that female talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because I think this is this was something that the FCA itself has mentioned relatively recently. It's criticised some firms recently for hiring senior talent from other firms, which basically just means that the senior that the female talent is sort of moving around the industry and there isn't really any new female talent being, Absolutely. being created yeah. anywhere. Um, uh, the, uh, diverse, the FCA is, is very keen on, on diversity. It says that diversity is important for for customer outcomes because it, you know it, it allows for thinking to be challenged and for people to you know, avoid falling into the same um, repetitive um, thought processes that they that end up dealing with bad bad customer outcomes. So, um, James, just to stay with you, what you you work with firms to to sort of build their recruitment processes what can um what should, should of should advice firms be doing to make sure that they're um attracting uh, younger people and attracting a more diverse yeah. group of people yeah. as well i think the most obvious one um that i always cite is is the kind of um the gap between the ratio of female to male power planners and that in the advisory space so i think it's you know, depending on where you pull the stats from, it's, you know, 40 to 50% of all power plans are female. Um, yet only 15 to 18% of the advisory community is. So there's obviously a barrier there. Um, and I think there's a quilt report last year that stated that 77% of the female power planners they'd actually interviewed said that they did want to become advisors compared to 38% of their male counterparts. Um, so we kind of need to, you know, understand why that is, what the barrier is, um, you know, a, you know whether it's as an industry or a more local firm level um to understand what would make that switch more attractive um because that is you know it's clearly the most obvious route to increasing a numbers of advisors full stop um, and younger advisors potentially uh, but also female advisors within the space mm-hmm. 
Mm. What do you think? Specifically on on that point that James was mentioning about encouraging people to make that switch from Plow Power Planner to Advisor, but more broadly on as well on diversifying the advisor base. How we can do that, yeah. So in terms of that Power Planner talent pool, getting a really good Power Planner is like gold dust. And I think when practices have a really good Power Planner, they can be a bit reluctant to help them progress to the next stage because they see the value in what they're doing now. So it's helping those practices. If I look at SJP as an ecosystem, it's helping our practices recruit up and coming people into supporting roles, developing their career into into power planning roles. So it's the whole pipeline of talent all the way up to advisor. And unless you have new talent coming through to replace those power planners, people will be reluctant to let them progress to the next stage. So we need to make sure that we're um, you know, recruiting great people at every stage of that career journey. Mm-hmm. And then in general, things that we do at SJP to recruit diverse talent pools, um, I am responsible for our, what we call them internally, affinity partnerships. But effectively, they're, they're companies, organisations, networks, professional bodies who provide us with access to people who are sort of actively looking for a career change for one reason or another. Um, and so I work quite closely with companies like Women Returners, um, ex-military, ex-sports professionals, for example. And we're just about to do an event with Kaleidoscope, which is looking at opportunities for people with disabilities. Kaleidoscope uh, provide investment for people with disabilities in their businesses. And so we're working collaboratively with them to provide an opportunity for people to come from actual advisors as well. So there's lots that we can do, um, but more focus on on the diverse audiences is required to really make an impact. Mm-hmm. Sheena? Um, I really agree with G. I think actually the, the awareness of um, actually the talent pools that you're fishing in is actually really important. And actually thinking, taking a step back and actually, you know, are you creating a bit of an echo chamber in your organisation? And actually, are you actively thinking about the places that you're going out to recruit from? Are you being sensitive about the way that you are creating and posting your job adverts? Um, Are you thinking about how you're positioning your organisation so that actually all of the benefits that are really attractive, certainly to some of the younger generations, are really um, um, like foremost and, and the way that you're presenting your organization and the roles within it and um, actually I think those are the things that will actually ensure one that we're getting interesting new talent through but then also how we can keep them as well as we kind of explain the kind of the journey along and actually the opportunities they've got to grow and progress. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken a little bit at, at, at a firm level I suppose is there anything that an individual advisors um, can be doing to make sure that people think of financial planning as a as a profession that they might be interested in in, in joining um, when they leave school or when they leave university. Yeah. Um, I think I think we need to start making it a bit more personal and a bit more real. To be honest, I think people need to start sharing their stories and um, getting out there and actually talking about the realities of their of their day to day lives and actually what it's really like. I think obviously this industry can have a bit of a reputational issue and overcoming some of those negative perceptions is really important. We've actually started a campaign in Pinfer called Make It and it, we've actually tried to interview young and up, up and coming talent within the industry and talk to them so that we've um, got a whole video wall of people just saying this is what it's like. These are the opportunities that are available. And it's it brings it to life in an entirely different way. And it makes it exciting and engaging. And actually, then, obviously, if you're thinking about, oh, you know, going down the dark side and thinking about going to technology, actually, this becomes a viable um, alternative for you. Mm-hmm. 
And I think we need to think about which other professions we're up against, which professions actually do do a really good job at that at that grassroots university level. I think most people will leave university with their parents slash university encouraging them to be doctors, lawyers and all of those great mm-hmm. professions. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But financial advice should be sitting quite nicely alongside that with really good reasons why you might want to become a financial advisor. I'm such an advocate of people joining our academy because the profession is so rewarding. You are genuinely helping people. And I know that that's really attractive to women as well as men. Um, It's really flexible. You have complete autonomy over your day, your week, what you do, who you see, your clients. Um, And if you own your own practice, and that doesn't have to be the starting point, you can eventually get there. There's no cap on what you can achieve. You can build your practice as big as as what you can imagine in your mind. So for me, there's so many reasons why students should consider and come and explore the, the profession. Um, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. James, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree um, with what both Sheena and G said. I think um, it's shouting about it more, quite frankly. I think it's the, you know, it's a, an industry where it can work around you. You can take as much or as little as you want from it in terms of kind of work-life balance. Um, even on an employed basis, there are more and more firms that I've seen over the last several years offering part-time work for those who've got family commitments, uh, which frankly would have been pretty unheard of 10 years ago. Um, there's massive potential for impact, positive impacts on people's lives, which I don't think you know people considering a career will really truly be aware of. Um, it's also, you know, being a, a numbers man, I guess, showcasing the earning potential. Um, you know, the you talk about solicitors, accountants. Um, you know, the average basic salary um, for a financial planner is seventy-three grand compared to sixty-two. But, but you know, both of those other two professions um, plus substantially better bonuses, likely on top. So, um, the other thing to consider, I think, and, and where perhaps the industry can be better in terms of um, targeting younger people is. You know the fact that a degree is not needed uh, which it is obviously in a lot of the other professions so um whilst obviously the the barrier to entry has increased since rdr with you know the qualification front um that's something that can be done on the job um and you know you don't need a degree necessarily to 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 enter the industry you know you wouldn't get a training contract as a solicitor without a 2-1 let's be honest so um you know the barrier to entry is lower certainly um, which should make it more attractive for those who maybe either don't want to or can't afford to go to uni mm-hmm. yeah. um also i think there's work to be done across the industry as well i think we need to um, think about how we share inspiration and best practice i think there's an opportunity for us all to come together um you know a lot of people are out there genuinely trying to make a difference and coming up with great ideas great initiatives um whether it's something small or something huge i don't think it necessarily matters i think it's about getting out there and hearing you know, what have you tried? What did, what worked? What didn't work so well? What can you potentially learn from others? Um, we run a DNI awards just purely for that, so that we can actually try and show everybody across the industry. Um, it doesn't matter what part of the journey you are as an as an organisation, as long as you're trying to be more active and think about how you can make our industry more attractive and actually how we can get those um, exciting new talent into the industry. Um, there's a, there's a lot we can learn from each other, and I think we should be doing that more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. and I, I think hearing from the profession itself, so the advisors and also the power planners and support staff. Um, but some of the most compelling videos I've seen, which were internal videos at this stage, have included clients. 
So those client stories, how do advisors genuinely help people and their families? And it's tapping into that emotive side of what the job really is about. I think we could maybe do more there, particularly at SJP, but broadly across the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of you mentioned universities a little bit um, earlier, and I was just curious. Um, I, when I was at um, university, unfortunately, uh, fifteen years or so ago now, I, I remember the you know the companies like EY and PwC would come around to try and you know to try and recruit me and my fellow um, fellow graduates. I don't recall seeing any any of the sort of big financial advice firms is, is, are there any any of them doing that now or does is, is, is that um not something that happens so much james you might have more of an insight into that um yeah i think i think some do i think um it tends to be more on an individual basis so i see you know candidates that i speak to who are experienced advisors perhaps you know going into you know lecturing at universities on the subject going into um, you know, into schools and, you know, in terms of sort of career guidance and that side of things. Um, I don't know if SJP do anything in terms of sort of going into universities per se. Um, but certainly I think, you know, there are there are some participants. I think, I think there is more that can be done by the larger firms in terms of academies. SJPs is obviously very well established and, and brings a lot of people into the industry, which is great. Um, you know, Quilter do, you know, do the same. Saunton House as, as was very very good in terms of bringing young, young talent into the industry um but i think um you know obviously we've lost bank assurance as a kind of route in which people fell into the industry typically um and i think there is a lot that larger firms particularly the consolidators can do in terms of bringing people into the industry because you know those are the individual those are the firms that tend to have you know more clients than ad- advisors um and that's often the issue when bringing the talent through um but yeah gee you want to just comment on that yeah, sure. So SJP have a, an internal early careers division team in our talent management team um, who have lots of relationships with universities. And we're just joining the dot really to connect the academy into those lines of communication with the universities. And also we have lots of um, lines into schools for financial education purposes. So that would be a bit of a, a, a dual purpose coming in, educating children about how they manage their finances and at the same time promoting it as a, as a great job in a soft way. <laughs> so, so there's lots of work being done, um, but there's always more that we can do. Um, I just think um, it's brilliant that we're obviously thinking about universities, but I think we need to be careful about what that says as well. I think we need to be a bit more active in thinking about the other routes into the industry. Um, you know, what about apprenticeships? Yeah, what are we doing in schools to get people earlier on? A lot of a lot of the Gen Zs these days are seriously questioning whether university is going to be of true value to them, and they can be incredibly smart. And actually, the financial burden that it puts on them just makes um, university unappealing. But it doesn't mean that they're not incredibly talented and would be a real asset to the to the firm. So, and um, where else can we go out and have a think about how, what other routes into the industry are there? Um, and you know how can we help support that? Mm. Very good. Yes, uh, good point. Um, we've spoken a little bit about oh, you know some of the some of the positives, I suppose, about about joining the industry. Um, them, I, them, there are presumably also push factors that might discourage uh, people from 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 joining. And um, I, I was wondering if a little bit about if we could discuss about what they might be and how advisors can f- sort of address those. Um, Make the make the make the profession more um, more uh, attractive. Um, uh, Sheena, should we say with you? 
Um, I think uh, we've obviously we've covered it a little bit, but lack of awareness is a real problem. Um, I don't think that um, this industry is in the consideration set of a lot of young people. Um, I know for myself, I actually I fell into this job and it was because I knew somebody that introduced me to this entire industry. Um, and I think that's a crying shame. Um, you know, as we we're saying, there's all these kind of really positive benefits and you don't necessarily automatically associate it with a financial job. Um, so um, as making it more personal, sharing those stories. Um, and I think we need to be careful about um, the reputation and thinking about how we're showcasing that. And I do think the competition from other industries is a really big factor that we need to take in, take on board and think about um, what, what, what's our USP? Why would somebody want to come to this industry over another and actually really think about that? Um, and the qualifications um, angle is definitely something that's come up time and time again as we've spoken to various um, young advisors in the industry. Um, most of them uh, didn't actually have come from university. So um, what, el what else can we be doing to kind of advertise the fact that there's all of these different routes in? Mm -hmm. G, what do you think? We tend to, when we're sort of talking to universities, we don't tend to go for the sort of the financy people because often they're not looking for a role as a financial advisor. They want to be an analyst. And I think we need to start promoting the role as much more of a people role rather than a finance role. And maybe we'll cast the net a bit wider. I think people often have that misconception. You have to be fantastic at maths or you're going to be looking at charts all day. Actually, great financial advisors are brilliant with people um, and we can teach people skills as well we can develop them and we can make them better so I think just widening the net in terms of the type of role that it is and not just focusing on the financial aspect would help. Mm. James what about you you presumably you hear from a wide range of people who are looking at coming into this sector. Yeah absolutely I think um, I think as Sheena said I think it's uh, to a degree still reputational so I think ultimately if younger people are looking at, uh, at their careers when they're doing their A-levels or degree whatever it may be they'll naturally speak to their parents um, and their parents unless they've had a positive experience with a financial planner themselves and there's let's be honest probably 10% of the population that, that use a financial planner um, they will still have potentially negative either either lack of awareness about the industry or negative connotations about the industry so unlikely to to recommend this as a route to their uh, to their children so I think that's that's an issue um, I think it can often be a challenging start for people starting out in the industry so you know the qualifications and learning industry is one thing building a client base you know when you're still pretty new to it is is another um, so I think there's um, as I say certainly firms that have got you know, uh, surplus of clients or can support better on that side will make it an easier transition for, for those individuals coming into, into the industry so they're not having to learn their trade and, you know, generate a client base themselves. Um, and I think, um, you know, obviously qualifications themselves can be expensive. So, um, you know, often if there's not an academy to join, then advisors are having to put themselves, aspiring advisors are having to put themselves through the qualifications you know, uh, at their own cost um, before they even get a foot in the door to uh, to join a firm as a trainee. Mm -hmm. I think also we need to um, do a bit of work and understand the next generations a bit better. What are their What are their motivations? What are the things that are going to really speak to them? And how can we tap into that um, if we are going to become a, a real um, you know competitor for other industries? Um, so, for example, we all know Gen Z. ESG is an essential. 
you know, what what are we doing to kind of highlight what firms are doing in this area? Does your firm have a really clear ESG and DNI policy that's easily accessible? That um, do you have something that talks about the culture of your organisation? Um, I think those are things that we can all um, think about doing as well. Mm, I suppose at that point it becomes a sort of a self fulfilling prophecy in a way. If you're if your firm, which is full of um, old white men, then uh, you might find that that's more of a struggle to recruit people who aren't old white men. Exactly. Mm. Right. Something that's really worked well and we've had good feedback on are creating events that kind of really nurture the type of person you're trying to recruit. So if we just use gender as the example, we do host women recruitment events where the majority of the guest speakers that you'll hear from will be women themselves and they'll share their personal journeys. And we we ran an event for International Women's Day for both our employees and our partnership. And one of the partners who joined us through one of those very events a few years back said that she hadn't realised until she got to the event that had it been a mixed event and a much more male environment, she maybe wouldn't have joined. She might have walked away and felt intimidated. So I think there's lots that we can do to make people feel at home and feel welcome at that first step. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cool. Well, uh, lots of um, food for thought there. Um, thank you very much to uh, Sheena, James and uh, G. And thank you very much uh, to you for listening. And tune in again next week for the next edition of the FT Advisor podcast. Thank you.